So as we left off in the actual campaign last, Maisel and Drang were feet on the ground investigating the Lioness Tavern for information regarding potential fights, information regarding how to lure out the contact that they're looking for, Duke Algren, in hopes of locating Zeph, who had recently gone missing, being rescued or broken free from the inn by one of his cohorts, Erica Took. As Basil is sort of trying to worm information out of the owner of the lioness, Hermine Strong River, this strange individual barges into the lioness, announcing their presence, demanding to speak with Hermine. After an awkward interaction, he takes the strange, colorful individual outside, and after a bit of an argument, well, you could call it an argument, an agreement is made to allow this individual entry into the fights tonight in the basement of the Lioness. Uh, Maisel and Drang, you still sit at your booth, having witnessed this whole fiasco. Dalton, standing outside the Lioness Tavern, still in your persona as the infernal pain uh, what do you do um i think i'm just going to head back to the inn understood hermine returns inside mazel uh drang you see this he kind of is in a bit of a tizzy kind of worked up he leaves the dining room of the inn to his uh staff and retreats to his back office no longer speaking to any of the clientele within the establishment uh, leaving you two sat at your table, coffees in front of you. Hmm. Did that guy remind you of someone? No. But... Me neither. I am sure Ozias would... understand. <laughs> better than I do. I think... we should find him. We have been... Beating mm. the proverbial uh, bushes for half the morning. Plus, it looks like there will be a fight for him. That's right. He likes those. <laughs> uh, and I want to flag down to pay the bill. Yeah. Uh, you pay. They take, uh, you know, three copper for both of your coffees. And you're on your way back to your inn uh, when you return, you find that Ozias has already returned, arriving just some time before you, just waiting in the lobby. We encountered a strange man who wants to do some fights. Well, wait, is is it Ozzy or is he still in costume? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have since changed back into okay. my Ozzy clothes. <laughs> okay, then yeah, that's <laughs> it. Oh, you don't say. What, what was this stranger like? Was he impressive? <laughs> N- no. Uh, he was a clown of sorts, but one who looks like he could really get his, how would you say, his ass beat. So that's that's definitely one whose ass you should be beating this evening. Interesting. Uh, and, and we are talking about the same stranger, right? Uh, how could we be? You didn't... You have not yet talked about a stranger. R- right. I'm just assuming you're talking about the devil man. Ah. Uh. Yes. Uh, can I try to pick up on this? <laughs> uh, I will not. Sure. Roll a contest. Um, persuasion versus uh, insight. 
I I didn't. So you win. <laughs> uh, no. This is all totally above board. Right. That's right. The uh, the devil man. I, I believe he said his name was the Infernal Pain, and frankly, I believe we should be respecting that. So uh, my apologies for using the term devil man. He is the Infernal Pain. Um, so I understand that you're saying that I should fight him and win, but unfortunately, I'm him. You're not. Oh. I was uh, going to say you're not tough enough, but that makes sense, you, too. Then uh, you know about the fights. I'm not tough enough to kick my own ass? Maisel, what are you talking about? You're being insane. I'd love to see you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. I guess that's fair. Um, yeah, that was me. Pretty cool, right? Where on... How did... Yes? Who made that for you? We haven't been here that long, and we've been... <laughs> preoccupied. Oh, uh, Hope made it for me. Oh, I see. Yeah. Are there any other questions? Or shall we move on? Drang, yes. You did refer to those assembled as mortals, yes. R right, that is true. That is part of... The persona? Yes. It, it, in the business, we call it kayfabe. So, like, mm -hmm. were you a wrestler drawing, your kayfabe would be like, I'm a large deer woman who doesn't understand the trappings of the human world. That is also the truth. Right. Um, but, you know, in my case, uh, obviously, I'm mortal. I mean, look at me. How could I not be mortal? Um, Do me, Aussie. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so. so so you're what we would call a mark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Maisel, say you're entering a ring, right? Uh, you trip and somehow impale yourself on one of the outer poles and you die instantly, and then I have to run in and save you. Yeah, uh, this wasn't as fun as I thought. All right, well, if you want to try again, just let me know. And yet, Maisel has not actually become deceased. <laughs> this is the kayfabe. Right, right. The mm -hmm. kayfabe is that she's not actually dead. She is alive. But in the ring, she would be looked upon as instantly dead. Well, at least I can I kick see. my own ass. Hmm? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, can we go somewhere? I have to discuss a plan with you all. <laughs> oh, there yes. is a plan. I thought we were just uh, fighting ourselves for the afternoon. We're not kicking our own asses yet. Hmm. Uh, come to my room. There's nobody there anymore. Yeah, I'll follow. That's fine. Oh, right. Seth. <laughs> Drag eventually does follow. Okay. Yeah, you guys head up to Ozius's room and uh, kind of squeeze in. The, the room isn't super large, and with Drang included, you guys kind of pretty much take up the whole space of the small hotel room, only really meant for two at most, let alone, uh, you know, two and a half, almost three. Well, no, excuse me, three and a half, almost four. Yeah, hold there on. Go. <laughs> oh, God, there's a gnome in here. <laughs> I mean, oh, an invisible gnome. Hey, sorry I'm late. My gnome was in front of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Ozzy just kind of, like, flings himself down on the bed and says, um, all right, somebody, run me through what we know about this mystery third party. Mm, he is inclined toward gambling. Yes, correct. He's a human. I believe he's blonde. Tall. 
Tall, that's right, a larger uh, man. Okay, so we know he likes gambling, we know he's tall, and there's a third thing, and I'm gonna say it because I'm the third one. He specifically wants to gamble on fights. Ah. You're saying that like it's... like, it's shocking. We... I didn't assume you were just having fun, Arcee. I did. Right, okay, so we've got an even split here. So you understand. Uh, okay, so... I, as the Infernal Pain, perfectly engineered a series of fights this morning. You saw it happening. It was amazing. We've all agreed. Um, moving right along. So, my thinking is, there's only one fight in this town. This guy, who really loves to bet on fights, is gonna show up. Now, here's where we enter phase two. Maisel, I need the cylinder. Why? Well, for a lot of reasons. Do you want to hear all of them? No, I don't want to hear any of them. Uh, and Maisel hands it right over. Uh, Maisel is still uh, suffering from exhaustion, and I think is a little punchy right now. <laughs> Understood. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why she's like this. <laughs> Thank you very much. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to use this cylinder to attract the attention of this mystery better. You know, I think I uh, broke it. It, it. it doesn't matter. Well, it might matter. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, at the very least, he gives it a uh, a long look, which is where you and Drang come in. All right. Hmm. So, Maisel, Drang, you two will need to be in the crowd at this fight for a couple of reasons. One, you need to watch me win. I don't follow. Oh, I just want you to see how great I am at fighting. I'm saying I'm not going to follow you in there and watch you win. Well, you can show up later. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, number two. Um, yes, Drang, you have a question? I perhaps misunderstood the concept earlier. Kayfabe. Uh, yes. You will actually win the fights, yes? Uh, yes, that is not a bit. I will be winning the fights tonight. Why? With fighting. Yeah, with with fighting, because I'm an excellent fighter. Ozzy, couldn't you, what's the word, uh, throw the fight, and we could end up with perhaps some uh, money to get ourselves around here a little better? Maisel, you can end up with as much money as you want if you bet on me. I'm telling you, I'm going to win. <laughs> uh, all right. Why would I believe that? He does fight well. You're, you're weighted down with a lot of uh, costume, from what I saw. Why wouldn't you just fight as you? You can't see any of you anyway. It is not that much costume. It is less than he normally wears. Right, yes. You, you see all this? Uh, but it, it, it's a whole thing. It, it, you gotta have a thing. It's very important to have a thing, is all I'm saying. Hmm. So to answer your first question, Maisel, um, I've won every fight we've ever been in. You've almost died twice. Well, I wasn't trying to fight. Okay, well, try harder next time. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you two need to be in the crowd. Uh, yes. Because when I do this thing that should get this person's attention, because in theory they should be familiar with this cylinder, if they're related to Zeph in any way, uh, they should really take notice of what I do. So you two need to be scanning to see who really takes notice of that. 
Mm. Making sense? Yes. I shall, I think, perhaps be a little um, obvious. Yes? Drang, as always, you are three steps ahead of me because you are so tall. I take long steps. Right, exactly. That's part three. You cannot be a large deer woman. Mm, I can be smaller things. Um, as much as I would love to fight you as a bear, believe me, I've thought about it. I think we should save that for the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. So, mm-hmm. if we can get an eye on this person, Maisel or Drang or both of you can track him down. He'll lead you right back to Zeph. You'll send me a message somehow, or you'll just take care of it yourselves. You know, either way is fine. Uh, I'm not picky. I will win all the fights. We'll all collect a bunch of money because Maisel's going to bet everything she has on me. Uh, We'll find Zeph. We'll get out of here. We'll keep doing the other thing we were doing. Everyone will be great. Mm. Any questions? Any plan that requires the word somehow is perhaps lacking? Hmm. Somehow is a poor planning word. Ozzy, it feels like we're putting a lot of uh, eggs in this one basket. You mentioned us not watching the entire fight, and for that I am more thankful than you could ever know. But what if we actually consider that? And if there's only one moment where we're potentially pulling this suspect from the crowd, we spend the time uh, earlier in the evening continuing to try to pursue other leads. This is a good one, but who knows if it's the uh, only. I mean, you guys got plenty of time up before the fight. What you choose to do until then is up to you. Uh, We just need all three of us at the fight if this is going to work. Well, it's more than we had this morning. That's what I'm saying. Drang, to answer your uh, concerns, maybe, you know, the two of you can follow him out, and then uh, one of you comes back, finds me at the Lioness, leads me back to the location. Uh, We reconvene, we kick some ass, we bust Zeph out, um, yada, yada, yada. Hmm. Ozzy, you just said bust Zeph out. We've kept him prisoner. What's... Oh, I'm going to retake him as prisoner. Right. And then what? Uh, I'm going to hold on to him until I'm not. You know, that's not what I mean. I have employers who I am much more concerned about than anything right now, and I think you all should be too. So I'm going to turn Zeph over to them when the time comes. And uh, I don't know if you have any concerns about it. I wouldn't recommend taking it up with them because it will not go well. That's all I have. I think it's a great plan. I'm going to win the fights again. I don't know if I said that earlier, um, but I am going to win all the fights tonight. And then, you know, we can do whatever. Um, I think Maisel is like already like, all right, I have enough of this plan and I agree with it enough. She's, like, walking outside to, um, get away from Ozzy and, like, how irritated by that ego (laughs) she is for a bit. (laughs) And just sort of stand outside in the square. Maisel, as you kind of step outside and 
step down into the main plaza, the passersby kind of coming and going. Uh, many of the shops here in the central Ironhand Plaza have, since you left and, and went to the Lioness earlier this morning, have kind of woken up and come to life and are selling goods and people are coming and going from these storefronts uh, fluidly. The plazas become quite busy and open uh, as people come and go. Drang, Ozius, what do the two of you do with the remaining moments leading up until, you know, your plan? How would you choose to spend the day? I'd just like to know ahead of time. I think uh, Drang has two things she's going to do. Mm-hmm. One of them is familiarize herself with the area around the lioness. Okay, understood. And that seems like it's going to be an important part of the plan. Um, if it's at all possible, she might want to just, like, hang out at the longhouse. She encountered one person that she kind of gets. <laughs> sure. But that's not something we need to do, do. That's just like, that's that's what Drang's up to. Okay, understood. And Dalton, how does Ozzy spend his day leading up to the fights? Honestly, I think Ozzy just kind of spends the day walking around the city and just kind of still just seeing if he can catch any sort of glimpse of Zeph or Erica uh, or a tall, blonde, human-looking person. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's just too preoccupied to do anything before the fight besides just hopefully nip this in the bud as much as he can. Okay, understood. And Maisel, what is her plans for the day leading up until everything begins? I think she actually, uh, having sort of come into the tavern there so gregariously, um, actually heads back and, like, tries to lean into the persona she very softly created as, like, a big spender um, to try to uh, see throughout the day if any uh, of that same person, the, 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 the tall human, shows up or takes notice. She's just, like, trying to separately wait for that person to catch someone's eye. So she's going to post up. Okay, understood. Measle, as you're standing out in the plaza, and this idea comes to you to try and kind of strike out with that intention in mind. Drang, followed by Ozius, step out of the inn as well as you enter the main plaza, stepping down the patio to the kind of cobblestone path that stretches out into the main open plaza before you. As you're all kind of collectively there, though not necessarily with the same purpose, but in proximity, there's a sound, loud, deep and rumbling. It Sounds as if it is coming from all around you. It's hard to place at first. It's deep and thunderous. It sounds almost like like a wail, something really low and bassy. But at the end, it trails off into something kind of tinny and sharp, almost mechanical. The gray, thick clouds above you begin to part and be broken as a large, dark, metallic object of almost indiscernible size at this distance so, so far below it, slowly charts a path through the sky. Massive. As it flies overhead, this massive, low, foghorn-like sound carried with it as it moves. People stop and they look up into the sky. 
It's shaped almost like a large boomerang with this kind of V shape, very stout and rounded at the front coming to these two points. And a number of what seems like flaps or openings are slowly opening and shutting, revealing this glowing greenish light from inside. It very briefly completely blocks the sun in the clouds as it courses overhead, flying over the town as windows kind of vibrate and shake for a brief moment as it passes like a plane flying overhead, charting a path above you and continuing onward, breaking the clouds and then disappearing into another small grouping of them and vanishing into the distance as little more than a vague, dark shape, the sound of it flying still deep and rumbling, carrying through the air and fading slowly as it passes until it's gone. Uh, I want to just grab the nearest person next to me. <laughs> okay. You just grab onto a stranger. They yeah. look shocked, but are also still enamored at what they're seeing as well. And don't quite know what to make of this. And then as it passes and they realize that you are grabbing onto them, they kind of shake you off and they're... Excuse me. Um, what do you mind? What was that? I don't know. And he starts to sort of walk away. Okay, I want to look around and see if anyone looks not surprised. Just about everyone seems pretty enthralled by what they've just witnessed. Okay. Uh, you said that uh, Trang and Ozzy were walking up as that was happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I look back to them. That happened, right? <clears throat> I do not like it. I've never seen anything that big. How would it... How does something like that stay in the air? I do not know. Ozzy is strangely silent. Uh, yeah, you're right, Maisel. I, I flew the thing into the air. I'm assuming, Dylan, that I've never seen anything like this in my travels. Uh, make a history check. Yes. You are more cosmopolitan <laughs> than we are. Uh, I rolled a two. Uh, no, you, you're actually not sure. You have no idea what that Today's is. Today's the first day of your life. You're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that was. Uh, I, I didn't do it, though. <laughs> since that's for some reason a concern. There's a kind of hushed murmur falling over the crowd as people start to slowly go back to their business, but still kind of caught in that moment. Uh, Dylan, I've changed my plan. I sort of bristle and decide, like, I need to go talk to the Iron Hand right now. Okay. Oh. So I am heading towards the Longhouse. Okay. Drang's going to follow. Um, that was one of the places Drang wanted to go. Alrighty. <laughs> like, was that the plan? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton, go ahead and make a, we'll say, a investigation check as you basically comb the town to try and find anything or see any of the people that you're looking for uh, as you're kind of working your way through a roasted all, looking for any of them. Um, 
Uh, seven. Okay. Yeah, you you spend a fair bit of the day just familiarizing yourself even further with the the town, but you don't don't find any of the people you're looking for in your travels. Uh, Maisel, you and Drang approach the longhouse again, ascend the stairs to the large double doors with the intricate relief carved into them, and uh, they are propped open ever so slightly, and you can hear the sound of people inside speaking. Are there guards outside or anything? There are not. It's just open. No one's standing directly next to the doors. They're propped open just enough that you could squeeze through if you tried, but... I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to give it a, like a big push okay. and open it with gusto. Okay. You push the doors open and they do swing slowly. They're quite heavy, heavier than you anticipated when you first put your hands against them. And then as you kind of give them a shove, they start to slowly swing open. And a lot of those banquet tables have been removed and there are instead these large colorful carpets laid out that stretch most of the span of the building that run parallel to the poles holding up the ceiling. And that fire that was once extremely large at the center of the room is uh, several smaller ones that seem to have been tended and kept at a consistent size. And at this raised platform in the back of the room, there is, instead of just that single chair that the Iron Hand sat at previously, there is a table, pretty large. That same chair sat at one end, but a number of other chairs sat at that table as well. And you see a few familiar faces and a few less familiar. You see the Iron Hand, for one, sitting in his seat. And you also see Kaisa. You see uh, an additional uh, legionnaire that you remember seeing at the barracks, as well as a older gentleman, uh, a halfling of graying hair that you don't recognize who is sat directly across from the Iron Hand at the table. Okay, I push in uh, and and step inside and see them, and yeah, I first check to see if Drang actually followed. Because seeing that, like, oops, everybody is here, maybe Maisel (laughs) wasn't totally expecting that. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Drang is is making that face and gesture that she very often does, which is like, what are we, are we, uh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so Maisel looks back and, and sees that and is, is like, re-centered. <laughs> and I think just, like, stomps up to... Is Are there uh, are there empty seats at the table? There are. So there it seats six, and currently only four are seated. As you enter, you're far enough away from this that they don't quite take notice of you immediately. They seem to be in conversation with one another. Hmm. That's not going to last for long. Yeah, if I was playing this as a game, I would try to listen in. (laughs) Uh, Maisel continues to stop forwards. It's our Maisel. (laughs) Yeah, and like, is is not, like, she is upset and scared by, like, this big giant thing that, like, just a few days ago she saw snow for the first time. This big giant thing just flew overhead. Uh, Maisel goes up to the table and sits down at a chair. Okay. Kaisa's the one that sees you first. She's actually sat at a seat directly across the table from the side you're approaching from, and she sees the two of you coming down the main central space of the longhouse. And when she sees you, she kind of 
pauses for a moment and she kind of murmurs something to her father and she gets up and she comes around the table and steps down to the bottom of the steps to meet you before you arrive at the table. And she says, uh, Maisel, uh, Drang, um, is there something that I, I can help you with? Something just blocked out the sun. I have a friend who is slowly dying. Uh, we have a member of our party missing. What is happening? I am a... And I try to... I think I want to try to, like, elbow past her and get to the table. Do I need to do uh, anything she, that? Uh, she stops you. And she stops you, stops you. At first, she puts her hand out to try and, like, get between you. And as soon as you try to push through her she exercises her superior strength to your own expertly and stops you. Drang is going to lay her hands on both of their shoulders as if to just make sure her presence is is noted. If you have concerns, I am happy to listen, Maisel. I would prefer it not happen here, perhaps. Right now. Very well. And she turns over her shoulder and she says, uh, Sir Ironhand, I have a matter. He kind of not breaking eye contact with this halfling he's sitting across from. Very well. Return when you're done. And she gestures to the two of you and she says, Let's walk. I, we can speak as we do. Uh, where are we being led to, Dylan? Are we being led outside or to a room? She walks you basically uh, to the front of the building and then off to a small side room, um, which when she lets you inside um, has a little more than like another uh, table instead of chairs in it and some tapestries on the wall. She gestures for the two of you to enter and she closes the door behind you all and she says... I hope no offense taken by this, but you've come at a poor time. So it seems. We are handling matters of official business. It's not usual that I would leave them to my father and a simple legionnaire. So please, mindful, I am giving you my time out of courtesy. So, you seem concerned. I would like to know why. We just witnessed a peculiar spectacle. A large object, it uh, suspended in the air above Erostadol. Oh, shit. Um... And Jang is kind of making gestures that kind of (laughs) trying to mimic. Mimic a boomerang. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's large and dark and um, I'm I know Mizel was much troubled it's not that it's the the rest of the characters that came in the town with us it's it's what leadership do you have here it seems like you were all in charge and, and understanding out in the wilds out there but it's Bedlam in this town I will ignore the insinuation made in that statement and choose to view it as ignorance instead of malice at this moment. 
Miss Fisk. I would be happy to help you with your concerns. By power, my control stops at a certain point. There are rules. I, I do not get to break them any more than anyone else. Nor my father. So, as we are in the middle of bending to those very rules at this moment in this building, first and foremost, your concern of this object, I know what you're speaking of. Something we are discussing now, in fact. Nothing to do with the town. Nothing to do with a roast at all. How to describe it for... I'm no expert, but there appears to be a deal of trade made in the capitals with... I believe the country is called Alto Cedro. Uh, they are airship builders. One of the only places in the world that constructs these behemoths. Dylan, do I know the name at all? Make a history check. 23. 23? Okay. Uh, yeah. You recognize it immediately. Um, and it's entirely the case. Alto Cedro is a city-state on one of the peninsulae to the southeast. And you also know with the quality of that history check that it is a city that is built on a massive deposit of this stone that has properties that allow it to levitate and float, and when powered can actually lift entire constructs, ships, cities can be lifted by the strength of this mineral that is mined from out of Alto Cedro, and it's used in the construction of airships. You've never seen one You've read about them. Typically, they're used for trade purposes, but they're used for trade purposes in the Shattered Coast, where it's easier to move cargo by air than by sea. They're not used very often in and around the Hearthlands. It is flying through to the capitals. That is all I know for certain. I apologize if it um, concerned you. You shouldn't be. It's not anything of any of our concerns. Thank you for the context. You're welcome. Regarding your other concerns, mm. I I don't know what you want from me, to be perfectly frank, Maisel. An audience. At the table I was very close to. And for what purpose? Determine why it seems that people so against the needs, the virtue of this town, were so willingly taken in. And what he sees as the needs of this town. I may not look it. I may not look it, but I've... I understand things like that. And what, Maisel, 
are you proposing you will say to my father regarding this concern you have for our people? I am a third party. I am an objective outsider who can negotiate between two groups that has nothing but the interests of those two groups on her mind. Maisel uh, puts on a very disgusted with herself face for just a moment that Cat and Dalton don't exactly know why. (laughs) (laughs) I am that third party that can get to something that is not acquiescence entirely from this town, nor is it all out. Kaisa thought she was done with us, huh? No. (laughs) No, that's not happening. (laughs) No one gets to be done with us. (laughs) Fine. Fine. God, I so prefer problems I can solve with a sword. Follow me. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave, but Shortwave does way more than just host our audio. Shortwave builds our feed, gives us audience analytics, packages our player, and gives us a free website too. But the coolest thing is that Shortwave stitches our content together automatically so we can do things like swap this ad out for another one whenever we want, or change the outro on all of our episodes at once to announce new projects. Whether you're starting your first podcast or migrating your incredibly successful one over, Shortwave is super easy to use and comes with a free 14-day trial at GoShortWave.com. That's G-O-S-H-O-R-T-W-A-V-E.com. Get started with hosting, syndication, analytics, web players, and dynamic content stitching at GoShortWave.com. She leads you to back out of the room, and she approaches the table, uh, kind of gesturing for the two of you to stay at the foot of the table before she approaches all the way back up. And she walks up to her father and stands beside him and speaks into his ear, and the two of them whisper. And she goes back around the table and sits, and Reeve, the Iron Hand, slowly pushes his chair back and stands and that kind of massive form unfolds and he stands and puts both of his hands on the table and looks down at the two of you and he says I have two seats open please sit the halfling across the table from him looks confused and a bit insulted for a moment and he says what? on earth are you doing? We were having a dialogue. This is official business. This is not for outsiders. And the Iron Hand puts his hand up and he says, these two are representatives of the courts at this moment. I am curious to know their interest and their opinions with what we discuss. If it proves to be a unuseful one, then I will choose to ignore it but I will at least hear it. Plus, your concerns are ones that have to do with them directly, it so seems. And he kind of furrows his brow and looks at the two of you, and he says, Oh, shit. So it's you two. (laughs) Great. You're the ones ruining everything. Uh, drank bows? Um. Maisel, on the way to her chair, goes for a handshake. 
He kind of like looks down his nose at your hand and then holds his out and shakes yours like strongly and with a little bit of an attitude and he lets go. So we were discussing a matter of your granddaughter and your refusal to cooperate with the colonel upon her request to relocate Yua to the capitals under her supervision. As an Iron Hand, you do in fact hold a position of rank within the collective governments of the Twin Capitals that exceeds hers, but her orders were issued by the Parliament directly, so you have no right to overturn such an order. And seeing as we now have the parties involved that you decided to bestow the responsibility of protecting your granddaughter to, maybe we can have a more honest discussion about why exactly you chose to ignore this and make my life harder as the overseer of this area on behalf of the Liberian Parliament. At this point, I should mention that the reason Drang wanted to talk to the Iron Hand was because she just likes his company and she wanted to see if he was free for lunch. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is definitely considerably more <laughs> than Drang wanted. She just wanted to hang out with Reeve. <laughs> the Iron Hand is just nodding with his eyes closed and his head against his hand against his face as this halfling is speaking. I felt it would be within my responsibility, not as Iron Hand alone of this town, but even as grandfather to Yua to make this decision myself. She will arrive at her destination and her father can be sure of that. I'm not going to keep her here against his will as much as I wish I could, but I won't. But I reserve the right to choose who escorts her and seeing as how you managed to coerce Iron Hand Wolkia into issuing a request for my daughter's assistance, I could not send her. I figured the least I could do was select someone else in her stead. You tried very hard to keep me from having a say over who takes her there. Frankly, I was just insulted. And the halfling kind of clams up a little bit. Uh, Maisel attempting to learn a lesson. <laughs> Maisel rolls to learn a lesson. Stares daggers at Kaisa, hearing that part about the, the request of his daughter. She is hoping for it to speak. Kaisa kind of pauses for a moment as the air hangs still, and she straightens and she says, I am bound to the call of the Iron Hands, regardless of which it is. So... Even my own niece, I am forced to leave in the hands of a stranger. And she turns to the halfling. Mr. Breda, I hope you understand the frustration I feel, having carried her one leg of the journey and not being able to continue. The least my father and I could be allowed is to choose who would replace me. And she looks back at you. As much as I'd prefer it wasn't the case, Drang rolls to have an idea of what she's doing here. <laughs> uh, be, being dragged <laughs> along with Maisel. That one's a freebie. Yeah, okay. This has come up when we did the backstory episodes, but um, Drang is a poor student of mortal politics. <laughs> 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 she asks 
very little clue of what's going on. <laughs> it's just doing her best. The Iron Hand kind of leans back and he looks at the two of you and he says, I have invited you to my table to speak and I have not given you a chance to. Ray Mean Breda at this table is the overseer of our territories on behalf of the Leverian Parliament. He does not have power here, but he does report to the Parliament on what happens in these lands. He is also the one who issues any official documentation on behalf of the capitals. Mr. Uh, Brayden, it is. Yes. Now what is it exactly that you tell your uh, friends and family and overseer does? <laughs> he kind of like glares at you and he adjusts his like little glasses and he... <laughs> My job consists of reporting to the parliament regarding the way that these lands are being utilized, the population, I conduct the census of Arostadol. I also report the current uh, standing hands at arms for the legionnaires present so that in time of war they can be called upon correctly. I also issue passports and documentation to any who wish to travel from these backwater towns to the capitals so that they may enter without having to go through a more rigorous screening process on arrival. I'm the bookkeeper. How many uh, towns around here are you uh, overseeing? This one. Well, you must be well connected to it. Did you grow up here? No. Did you grow up nearby? No. <laughs> I'm from the capitals. Well, what makes you so connected to a place like this? The orders I received to come here to do this job. This position can only be filled by someone who is considered a, mender, a member of the Leverian branch of government. There are none from this place that count as such. Why not? He looks at Reeve because they're too proud to be. Beruvian to the very end. So they have to have someone who's going to report to the parliament. Otherwise, this place is a black spot on our records. We can't have that. We need to know. Not everything, but most things. So I'm curious, what does... Just in general, the parliament get out of representing a place like this. Being able to call upon the aid of the Iron Hands, being able to know the state of this place in the event that it needs aid, should there be a particularly harsh winter. Oh, sure, but you could enslave those Iron Hands and bring them anywhere else at any point, right? You could take the resources here and plant <laughs> them somewhere else. You could do whatever you... Um, Maisel stands up and does is that like thing she does. hands <laughs> on the table. Why have a town at all? <laughs> no. There's this thunderous crack as Reeve slams a hand down on the table. Like just thud. 
echoing through the entire chamber. Breda actually jumps when it happens. Kaisa starts to put her face in her hands, and as Reeve does this, grabbing all of your attention, he starts laughing. <laughs> just like from the chest, as loud as possible, just losing it, just absolutely chuckling. And then he lets out this long sigh. <sighs> God, if only they could try. Mm. It is a balance. They could not take this town if they wanted to. Breda kind of shakes his head. Yeah, Maisel's still like a little wound up, like with her last bit of it. It's like, you are a colonialist and an imperialist, and I am. I don't know who you are exactly, miss. Fisk, Maisel, Fisk, Maisel's fine. Is she fine? Let's be honest here. Is Maisel fine? Is Maisel okay? She's doing it again. <laughs> miss Fisk. I am not an imperialist. I'm just a fucking bookkeeper. <laughs> Does anyone uh, anyone want to share with? It's the always sunny font, and it says uh, Maisel causes an international incident. <laughs> um, overseer Breda just kind of continues. I am just here to ensure that the capitals, and that Laveria in particular, is informed about the state of this town. And my concerns with the behavior of the Iron Hand is that he is intentionally creating tension and friction with the Laverian Parliament, which undermines our continuous efforts to keep balance in the Twin Capitals. We, in the Dominion, operate with the knowledge that we are not one people, but two, acting as one. And that it is important that we do what we can to be transparent and honest with one another to avoid potential need for violence. Viria has no interest in wiping out this town. That is not good for anyone. This land is as much ours as theirs. People from the capitals could come and live in this town if they so chose. My job is just to sign the paperwork if they want to. You seem to be a bit wound up, Miss... Fisk. I suggest you perhaps breathe. You perhaps don't quite understand how any of it works. <laughs> he slides himself out from the seat and he stands and kind of walks around the table and he says I disagree with your decision but I respect your right to make it I will file my report saying that I discussed it with you and that you made a valid argument to your familial connection to Miss Yua Balasan and that her father should not be concerned about her well-being I'll leave out the part that you left her in the care of an imbecile. And he starts to walk down the stairs. Unless you're about to cut to Ozzy, I want to chase after him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And so we cut to Ozzy. 
Ozzy's saying, boy, is my day peaceful. <laughs> Ozzy, so you're, you're walking down the street. You're, you know, you're not finding the people you're looking for, but you're just, you know, that doesn't matter. I'm just having a fine time. Yeah. And then there's a chill that runs down your spine. <laughs> oh, oh, God. And you're just like, man, Maisel's doing some shit right now. Maisel's doing something stupid. <laughs> you can just feel it in your bones. It's in the air. <laughs> hey, it's something brain. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, o Ozzy's doing just fine. Cool, cool. He's having a good day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of go about your day. Um, you don't really get much in the way of what you were looking for, unfortunately. So you realize there's not much more you're going to get out of searching. Yeah, I guess I'll just go um, check on the Beatles to make sure they're doing fine. We're doing fine, mate. <laughs> just to make sure that our path out of the village is still secure. Yeah. You stop by the barracks, and those same two legionnaires are there once again. Uh, the one with the uh, uh, archer's armor and the other with the bear's armor. Uh, both of which are just kind of standing uh, in the back of the barracks. They're not watching the front. And as you come around, you see that they're like kind of playing chicken with the beetles a little bit, where they're like getting close with like fresh meat and like mm -hmm. tossing it and seeing like who can get closer without getting so scared they shit themselves as they're just like inching closer and tossing like meat and the beetles just kind of come over and just like swallow it whole. Don't shit yourself. They can smell fear. Ozzy walks up and says, uh, you two uh, better be careful. You know, I, I lost a hand to one of these. They both kind of look at each other and at you. Oh, shit. Uh, and they start like scooting back a little bit and stepping backward. And <laughs> yeah, they both believe you completely. Neither of which noticing that you still have two hands. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, they just take it. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah, OK. Uh, and they back up. Uh, Beals are fine. They seem restless being tied up for multiple days. Mm -hmm. You two taking good care of our bugs? Uh, trying to. They're, um, kind of fucking terrifying. I'll be perfectly honest. I don't really want to get close to them. They seem fine. They eat. I think one of them got a cat the other night. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it, it's funny. Everybody up here is so scared of these two, but they're, they're just big teddy bears. Aren't they, like, naturally occurring animals up here? I mean, yeah, but not this close to town. Normally we kind of avoid them. They're a bit aggressive, or they can be at least. It's a lot safer to just ride the Mastiffs, I'll be perfectly honest. Like, we, we just don't have a need to be riding something so... big. You know they, uh... They put off heat, right? I mean, yeah. But so does any living animal. I mean, like, a lot of heat. And they can climb up walls. Did you know that? <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, straight up. Yeah. We rode these bad boys out of a canyon. Yo, that's sick. Yeah, it was awesome. Whoa. We killed like 50 dragonborn to get this. It was nuts. Yo, you you fight, you fought white things? 50 of them? I, I mean, it was it was a whole like clan. How many is in a clan usually? I don't know. I wasn't counting. Like 50. <laughs> yeah, we, we fought them all, man. Holy shit. Nature fought a lot of them too, but uh, 
My my friend got impaled by one of them twice, maybe. I don't remember. The numbers are getting getting up there for sure. Damn. I hear that they um, they're slavers too. Dangerous. That's crazy. Fifty. Yeah, I mean, uh, we there was a big like boom. Did you guys hear like a big boom a few days ago? No. All right. Well, anyways, there was a big boom. We all fell into a hole. Um, I tried to pretend our one friend was a god. I think I don't know. This was this was a long time ago for me. Um, anyways, yeah, a lot of them fell into a hole. Some of them died. Some of them didn't. I killed the ones who didn't. Uh, we got some beetles. It was great. He's just nodding. Whoa. Ozzy's like, yeah, yeah. This is how you do an NPC, Bill. This is how you do an NPC interaction. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> uh, always sunny font. Ozzy has a very pleasant interaction. <laughs> um, well, anyways, uh, you know, thank you for taking care of them. Uh, I did kill 50 Dragonborn to get them. So, you know, I, I appreciate you looking out for them. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, we'll make sure that they're, uh, they're watched after. Cool. Um, just so you guys know, the last surviving member of the Dragonborn clan did say that he would track us to the ends of the earth to liberate these bugs. So if one shows up, just let me know. Yeah. Wait, what's your name? Me? Um... My name's Ozzy. Ozzy. Got it. Got it. I will uh, tell you if that happens. Thank you very much. Uh, and I, I leave. Okay. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, you leave the beetles in their care. They go back to just kind of like being a little intimidated by them, but a little more, I don't know, uh, impressed and now kind of enamored with them in a way. How cute once you get to know them. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of walk around town. Um, do you do anything in particular to prep before you get ready to go to the fights? Yeah, I think I am just going to go back and get ready. Maybe do my stretches. Uh, <laughs> aesthetics. Yeah. <laughs> Drang is going to try to persuade Maisel to take a fucking nap. <laughs> I'm chasing after that guy. Okay. okay, well, that's not ideal. But that's, like, wait, hey, hey, take a nap, take a nap. <laughs> you need to, you, you, you must. You are grumpy. You must take a nap. <laughs> eat a snack. <laughs> Here's some goldfish and a juice box. Go lay down. <laughs> <laughs> Our plan involves a late night, I think is going to be Drag's excuse. Just like, we intend to be up late. Perhaps some some rest? Perhaps some rest. Yes, some... No, you're... Uh, He's walking away, Maisel, as you get up to chase after. He just kind of is, like, briskly walking towards the door of the longhouse. Do I need to roll to, like, catch up with someone walking briskly? No. He's also a halfling, so he's half your size. Right. So, no, you can catch up to him if you just... <laughs> yeah. So I walk at normal tall person pace. Okay. Um... <laughs> Drang bows, politely excuses herself, 
thanks the Iron Hand for the hospitality, <laughs> and follows Maisel. I think as he walks out the door, I finally, like, I grab him by the shoulder. Um, okay. So we're back out in the, regardless of what no. time it is. <laughs> Why yeah, did you grab this man? <laughs> back out uh, in the in the square. Um, <laughs> what time of day is it at this point? Like, it, I, how much time has passed? I would say for you guys, less than with Ozius, since he was intentionally looking to kill time. For you guys, it's probably only even been like maybe an hour to two hours at most since you left the inn initially. So it's still probably late morning, almost noon. And Drang, as you're getting up, Kaisa actually stands, um, seeing you attempting to kind of walk to follow Maisel. And she comes around the table as you bow to the Iron Hand. She comes around and she gestures to you and she says, um, Drang, your friend. Her heart's in the right place, but she's a bit... Just... If trouble happens, find me, please. Yes. I will... will do so. Um, if you could inform her and your other friend that my father and I would like to speak to all of you, um, tomorrow before you leave. Mm, I will inform the others, yes. Thank you. My apologies for the, um, disruption. Um, it's fine. <laughs> Drag needs to now hurry and make sure yeah. Maisel doesn't get in trouble. Yep. <laughs> uh, Maisel, you put your hand on his shoulder and he stops and turns and tries to throw your hand off him. Excuse me. Uh, and Maisel, learning lessons from both her history and this morning, learning the concept of kayfabe. <laughs> no! <laughs> as soon as he, like, bats her hand away, she, like, she puts it down and puts both hands in her pockets and goes, Well, I've shown I can be violently on their side. How can I help? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Make a deception check. Yeah, if, if ever there was a thing you'd have to roll for. <laughs> uh, that's a healthy plus. That's a 16. What do you mean? Explain. It seemed by every context clue I could get, you were at a standstill. I walked in there violently against anything you had to say. Admittedly, I am, but... I don't have to be. I can come at this from whatever spot you need and help centralize whatever you need to happen. You think anyone <laughs> would believe that I would want to help you at this point? Certainly not. Even I? Well, you should. Why? Uh, Maisel, yeah, 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 yeah. Defeated. Don't worry, I've got it, you guys. The battleground of ideas. <laughs> what do you want? What is your angle? Boy, you are uh, from a capital. I don't have to play both sides. I just want to help. What is the 
downside of having a favor from both a local and a... And I think she pauses, but still goes with it, a colonial government. Miss Fisk, you don't know much about the history of this country, do you? That's right, I don't. That should be helpful. <laughs> hmm. Whew. Tabula rasa, they say, right? Blank slate. You sure act it. Oh. What was your question again? What do I want? How can I help? Ah, that one. Stop working up the Iron Hand. Stop giving them <laughs> something to be so wound up with. I just want things to be quiet. No, what you're asking is how can I not hurt? I promise I can keep hurting that way. How can I help? Convince them to give you a back to the Colonel. Have her escort that, her to the capital. Take it out of your hands entirely. And make the Parliament happy that they don't have a iron hand constantly going against the wishes of their members, despite familial connections. Uh, and I think Maisel, hearing Drang probably like stomping towards the two of us, goes, done. And drops her mouse. Uh, reaches a hand up for a quick handshake. I'll be impressed if you accomplish it. He holds his hand out and shakes yours. Mm. Drang, you catch just the tail end of this as you step outside. Drang is immensely relieved to see that Maisel hasn't gotten to a fight. The rest is question marks. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you stop shaking hands. He sees Drang approach. Well, my business is done here. Miss Fisk, it was a pleasure meeting you. And he looks up at you, Drang. I don't know who you are, but nice meeting you as well. Goodbye. A pleasure. And he <laughs> steps down the stairs of the patio to the Iron Hands Lodge and out into the plaza and kind of disappears into the crowd. Hmm. It seems I was concerned for nothing. It's fine. We're good friends now. Oh. <laughs> Perhaps rest before tonight. It's the middle of the afternoon. We have a long night planned. It's the middle of the afternoon. True. Then lunch. Cat, you're going to have to do, to do a lot to convince Maisel to <laughs> not be sleep deprived. I think this is kind of her, like, her normal state. Oh, no! Like, exhaustion is, exhaustion level one is Maisel's default. No! <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know that Drang is going to push the issue. <laughs> I think she's like, no, you know, maybe let's not get her even more riled up. Let's just let Maisel be Maisel right now. <laughs> do you guys do anything else with your time um, before the fights? Well, the second half of Drang's plan was to familiarize herself with the area around the lioness, so that's going to be 
correct. Go ahead and make just an intelligence check for me to kind of... But I'm bad at those. <laughs> uh, I could make you do specifically an investigation or just... The, the, the result would be the same. The yeah. result would be minus <sighs> one. And I rolled this many. So I have this many. That's not enough. That's not great. That's not enough. It's not great. (laughs) Drag gets lost. uh, Yes, a little bit, actually. Not like lost (laughs) geographically, but just a little lost in thought. It's been a weird day. (laughs) Such a weird day. (laughs) You just kind of end up finding yourself looking out into the snow in the distance. Bill, how does Maisel spend the remainder of the time before uh, the plans you have made? I think she actually is seeing this as a little bit of a minor success and, like, goes back to the plan she actually had, which is sit at the bar, but orders something a little more celebratory, like orders something with bubbles in it. Okay. Um, (laughs) Sure. But still, like, she is still sitting there trying to hope uh, to find uh, a tall, blonde human who loves to gamble. (laughs) Um, sure. Yeah, you stay and have a drink. Your celebration and your enjoyment ends up costing you five gold total as you ask for something a little fancier. And unbeknownst to Maisel, Hermine is upcharging you for kind of just getting on his nerves earlier that morning. That doesn't sound like Maisel. <laughs> the plus 120% discount. Yeah. <laughs> Use the offer code MaiselFisk at checkout. <laughs> <laughs> to be charged 20% extra. As a courtesy to the person who's forced to deal with you. (laughs) Edge of the World is a production of Tales from the Tabletop. Show notes, lore, fan art, and information about our other projects, including the Heart Engine role-playing system, are available on tfttpresents.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Twitch at tfttpresents. Join our Discord from the link on tfttpresents.com. This episode of Edge of the World was edited by Kathleen Childs. Our music is by Louis Zong. Our cast is Kat McDonald, Dalton Stevens, Dylan Irish, Joe Turner, and me, Bill Hinderman. Edge of the World comes out on Mondays and Thursdays, and we stream listen-alongs on Twitch on the last Friday of each month. Our full release and streaming schedule is available at tfttpresents.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps more than you could possibly imagine. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave. Thanks for listening. <laughs>